This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. This is your Wednesday, May 12th episode and... That, as always, means it's the 4x5 episode for writers from NBC Sports Edge for five minutes each. We'll be looking at a dominant run from DeMontis Sabonis, the all-important race for Fantasy Rookie of the Year, and more all coming up in just a second. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. As we welcome in uh, Ryan Knauss. Ryan, this is the 21st week in a row or so that we've done this. How's it going? It's going well. Yeah, you said May, May 12th, the season is nearly done. I know most fantasy teams have wrapped up. How, you know, I, you fared pretty well in your leagues, right? We, we, we share, share some leagues. It all fell apart at the end. Things fell apart. I had a lot of common denominators that, that all kind of went down the commode, their value and health. Were the, oh, common denominators, team uh, players on multiple yes. teams? Yes, yes. All of the Fred Van Vliet's and Kyle Lowry's and yeah. other... Everyone had this problem, though, so I, I just feel like I'm acting like it's unique to me, but it's not. So. Yeah, head-to-head leagues this year, perhaps more than any other, really came down to a lot of luck, right? Uh, yeah. With various health and safety DMPs and shutdowns, and we didn't even know what the schedule was going to be when we drafted teams, so you couldn't have game-planned for games played, so... Right, a uh, l- lot of factors, which is all a long way to make ourselves feel better for failing when it mattered Absolutely. most I, in the head-to-head fantasy playoffs. Yeah, these all of these wins have asterisks, in my Ask, opinion. Uh, I think you're going to have Raf on later, Raphael Johnson. Ask him what it feels like to win. Um, well, he took a prolonged victory lap <laughs> last week already. I, I almost oh, okay. had to stop. The timer was going <laughs> off, and Raf was still running circles around his home, you know, yes. confetti flying around. So. 
I may not ask him again. <laughs> okay, fair, fair. Uh, let's get into the aforementioned DeMontis Sabonis yes. dominance. Insane. So the last month, uh, his last 12 games, basically the last month, he's sitting around 23 points per game, 14 and a half rebounds, eight assists, 1.4 steals, 0.6 blocks, 1.1 threes. And that's pretty much Nikola Jokic numbers there from Sabonis. His season numbers are a little lower, but not a ton lower. Mm-hmm. I think he's a top 30 guy on the season, a top five guy basically the last month in nine category leagues. How high has he soared for you, Ryan, as you look ahead to next year? It's interesting you mentioned Jokic. It's it's hard not to draw that comparison in your mind, right? A big man who touches the ball constantly, who can be a primary playmaker on his team. Those past month averages you mentioned, obviously aided by the fact that Miles Turner is not there. Uh, and uh, Brogdon has missed some games, and mm-hmm. that opens up a lot more of that playmaking. But so what, right? Like, this is what we want to see. A guy has an opportunity, and he makes the most of it. Just playing, you know, continuing that all-star play that he's had all season long, except now we're seeing even more dimes and even more, critically, the three-pointers and defensive stats. So he's someone who's going to help your percentages hit the triple-double categories but you don't necessarily want to draft a big man early who's not going to help you in the defensive stats. Uh, Vooch falls into that category. Super, super solid. There's no reason you can't draft him in the second round, but you have to make up that on the back end. If Sabonis is going to give you a block per game and even you know, 0.7 steals, that, that does it for me. I didn't know that you were going to turn this into a, a sneaky opportunity to just bash Vooch like that. I'm not going to that's let you come bashing. on here. That's not bashing. Second round solid. And <laughs> and that's probably where I would target uh, Sabonis next year. Do you think second round is safe? Like if I start my draft with Dame and Sabonis, I'm feeling pretty good. I think so. Yeah. I like it. I, I don't think I would have been okay. saying that at the start of the season, but no, I'm a, I'm a believer. <laughs> he just turned 25. I mean, he's he's obviously on the ups, upswing still. What, what were you about to say there? Uh, no, just, I mean, I think his ADP was around probably 60, something like that this season. So I don't think many people, don't don't beat yourself up for not having foreseen the Sabonis uh, eruption. All right, we got about a minute and a half left. What? Where do you want to go from here, Ryan? Let's just stay in Indy. How do you feel about Karis LeVert? Feel good story this year. Obviously was able to overcome uh, kidney cancer. He had surgery mid-season and then was, was playing a matter of months later. Super impressive Again, Brogdon being out has really facilitated his role recently, but uh, are you sold on him top 50 going forward? Efficiency was always kind of a problem for him in the past. Yeah, but we haven't really been seeing that be a concern in Indiana. I'm just looking, I'm just double checking his uh, like free throw shooting because that's always the big one for me with him. Um, yeah, he's around 80%. So, and the turnovers are down to two per game. So, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. He's blocking over a shot per game in the past month, too. Um, yeah. So crazy defensive stats. He can hit threes. He's kind of just an across-the-board guy. And as you said, if he's if he's making his free throws and shooting even 45% from the field or better, I, I think top 50 is reasonable. So maybe this is, this is where we needed to see him. And, you know, partly the, the Pacers are playing at a really fast pace, Coach Nate Bjorkren may not be there next year, so roles could change. But uh, I, I think we both seem pretty optimistic on Sabonis and Levert. Nate Bjorkren, we hardly knew the. Well, it's like Perhaps. we're just figuring out who this guy is, and it's like, oh, he's gone. Never mind. Apparently, his interpersonal skills are lacking. <laughs> well, Ryan, your interpersonal skills, as always, were 
a solid B today, so I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> okay. Room for improvement. Okay, we welcome in the guy who won the league we were talking about and will not talk about today, Raphael Johnson. Raph. Oh, Jared's saying something. What? Champ. Back to back oh. champ. Pay this man his respect. Okay. Come on, okay. now. Wait, Jared. Back okay. to back. Oh, Two boy. Thank you. We got a rowdy fan yeah. here. Oh, we got a rowdy fan. I got to remove this guy. <laughs> we'll talk to you in a little bit, Jared. Okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know he was coming in so hot, but I love it. Uh, so, Raph, we've been talking about rookies for like 11 months now, me and you, right here mm-hmm. every Wednesday. Now it comes down to it. It's time to decide between us, just you and me, a committee of two, the fantasy rookie of the year. And I think to me, it comes down to, we really only have three viable candidates. It's Lamella Ball, Tyrese Halliburton, and Anthony Edwards. I'm just going to really quickly lay out how I see it. Lamella Ball, obviously, I think is the front runner, did miss time though. So if he didn't miss time, I think it's over. Edwards didn't miss time like Ball did, but is much lower in the fantasy rankings for the season. We can get into specifics. Halliburton has really been solid, is actually... Technically, you could argue this, but technically higher than Ball on the nine category leaderboard. But it's a little bit of a low turnovers, you know, low turnovers thing. His counting stats aren't as exciting, but he's hurt too. How do you break this down? And that's a good question. I, I think in in terms of Halliburton, his usage isn't what it what it has been for Lamelo Ball because you've got De'Aaron Fox there. Yeah. Um, but on the Ball side of things, he started off the season coming off the bench, so. I think that had an impact on his numbers early. Edwards, after the All-Star break, is a completely different player than what he was before the break in terms of the scoring thing. He raised his scoring with some 9, 10 points per game. After the break, he became a more efficient player, um, You know, did a better job of knocking down shots than he did you know, before the break. Obviously, there was also a head coaching change there, too, that, that had an, an impact on him in terms of the adjustment period. But... Yeah, I think those three are clearly the top choices. I would lean LaMelo Ball, but I would not have an argument. I wouldn't have a problem if, it, if someone were to say that Tyrese Halliburton were their pick just because of, he's rated higher than nine cat, as you mentioned earlier. I think Edwards, the thing that knocks him down, like like we mentioned, you know, the, the slow start to the season, I wouldn't put that all on him because obviously if it were all his fault, they wouldn't have fired the head coach. So... Yeah, I don't know. I'd go LaMelo Ball, but it's really tight. There. Well, and I think Edwards, there's an argument to make for Edwards if you're just looking at the last, I just randomly put in the last two months, he's been the best of the three. Yeah. He's been a top 70 guy mm-hmm. the last two months. You know, LaMelo's been hurt, so that's not totally fair. But then again, the being hurt thing should probably count. So I, I think it's LaMelo for me, mainly because there was that stretch where he was the one guy out of this group who was actually providing early round fantasy value. You know, he was really hinting at top 25 stats there for a while. So I guess we could probably go in circles all day and we won't do that. We're calling LaMelo Ball the fantasy rookie of the year. I don't think that's controversial, but I want to ask you this. You know, we're talking about three guys who panned out, three rookies who, if you drafted them, you know, let's say in the middle of your draft, it worked out for you, middle or even later rounds in some cases. But as much as those panned out, you have James Wiseman, Patrick Williams, Killian Hayes, Danny Avdia. These are guys who got drafted in some fantasy leagues who ultimately would have been totally wasted picks in fantasy. Is there anything to take away from this as far as how you're going to draft rookies next season? Yes and no. I think first and foremost, we don't really know. You know, It's kind of a 
a gamble no matter who you take. Uh, that being said, I think the lack of a summer league, a lack of a full-on training camp really impacted some of these guys. Mm-hmm. And specifically, I look more like a Patrick Williams in terms of his fit offensively. Maybe if he gets reps being more of a primary option during a, in a summer league setting, maybe he's a little bit better equipped to kind of step into that role offensively for the Bulls. Other issues like Avdia and, and Hayes, those guys got hurt. So I know Hayes was really struggling before that, but he was a starter before he got hurt. So I kind of think he would have been able to figure some things out had he stayed healthy. But yeah, it, it's just a real roll of the dice. And some cases, like in Isaac Okoro, I think everyone knew that was a bad situation for him from jump. You got two ball-dominant guards who seem to think that a dribble counts as a pass at times. <laughs> That's a hard that's a hard spot to be in, you know. So we've seen him have some flashes lately, but that's a really tough spot for him in terms of providing fantasy value. I think maybe my main takeaway is I've gotten in as years have gone by, I've gotten more cautious in terms of percentages in fantasy leagues. I, I'm yeah. hesitant to draft guys who I think could be a percentage nightmare, like what I th- we thought Edwards and Ball might be. I think maybe I need to loosen that yeah. up a little bit and say, you know what, I'm gonna have one roster spot where I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw a super high upside guy onto my roster might be a percentage destroyer, but in both of these cases, it wasn't as bad as we thought, ultimately. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And, and then also, you're kind of betting on their usage being high enough to kind of counter yeah. that. And, and basically, both Ball and Edwards, they clearly had the usage to counter what could be some questionable percentages. All right. Well, I feel like we accomplished a lot here in this five minutes. So thank you, yeah, thank sir, you. As, as always, for coming by. I'm sure we'll see you back here very soon. All right. Thank you. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. We want to remind you that our premium product, subscri- product subscriptions at NBC Sports Edge cover all sports so you can get access to NBA, NFL, NHL, and MLB premium products under one umbrella. For 10% off any subscription, enter the promo code STU10. Steve, hello. Hello. Are my lights too bright? Oh, I don't think so. Maybe mine are too dim, you could argue. Okay. I feel like I feel like my face is on fire. <laughs> well, that's That probably means it's too bright if you're having that feeling. Yeah. What's going on? Well, I was listening to you and Roth while you were doing that. I pulled up uh, Basketball Monster and ran their numbers on total value, which factors in how many games they played sure. and all that stuff. And Tyrese came in at number 58 overall. Anthony Edwards was 80 overall. And Lamella was 102nd overall. Now that's in nine cat. 
That's interesting. I think I would give I would give it to Anthony Edwards because he was there when it mattered. Like he helped people in the playoffs and helped people win championships. Whereas Lamelo, when he, when he came back, was was pretty awful and and actually ruined me in one league. I lost because of his turnovers, and then. Um, Halliburton just disappeared. So blatant personal vendetta here. I think how many turnovers did Lamella? It wasn't like he had like ten turnovers in that game that you're referencing. I think he had like back to back games of four or five, and he's normally a two or three guy. Yeah, and he was he was shooting like three of fifteen that whole week. I mean, it's fair. It's a fair argument. He missed a lot of time. Lamella did, but I do think his best stretch was the best stretch that any of them had. I agree with that. Another thing I find very interesting. You were talking about you know do you wave percentages too heavily so i put out a tweet last night was like tell me about your fantasy league like did you win Mm -hmm. and i heard back from a lot of people and an overriding name i felt like kept coming up was well i was going to win but then i ran into russell westbrook or i had russell westbrook on my team so i was good Mm -hmm. but if you look at the rating system on russell westbrook if you just go straight nine cat, he's the 88th best fantasy player this season, right? Yeah. You pump field goals, free throws, and turnovers, and he's the number two. Right. You can't tell me that even when he's not killing the percentages and he's committing turnovers, you cannot tell me he's still not a top 15 guy. Like, that's why I think with all these ranking systems, you just have to take them with a grain of salt and – I mean, Westbrook, to me, was a guy that was healthy and carrying teams through the playoffs and won people championships. Agreed. And I mean, lo- like, look at the last two months, even with 70% high volume free throw shooting and five turnovers per game, he's a top 30 player, even with that weight that he's putting on your stuff, on your whatever squad. So I don't know. I- I've I've had the Westbrook experience before where I felt like I needed to get him off my team immediately. He was tanking me in so many categories. I couldn't. I couldn't survive, but I think there are people who are, who can pull it off. You know, it's like a free throw turnover punt, a double punt. You just got to build the roster the right way. (laughs) Uh, Who's your fantasy sleeper of the year? Would you go with Westbrook or Julius Randall? What was the better value pick? I feel like Randall would be a guy you could have gotten notably later than Westbrook though, even like seventh round. Yeah. So, I mean, Randall would be way up there. He's been pretty spectacular all year. And all of my, my concerns that he was a free throw, and turnover anchor kind of didn't come to pass because he's been a good free throw shooter. And obviously his volume went up all over the place elsewhere. So I missed on that one. When you put Jared up on Roth's screen for that five seconds he was on and he was screaming, yeah. it, it actually scared me. Like I didn't even know. My what, blood pressure went way up. I didn't know what was happening. Um, <laughs> we, it actually frightened me. We need like bit. blood pressure monitor. This would be really, really interesting if we had like a blood pressure readout on each screen. So like when you asked me Julius Randle versus Westbrook, I had a momentary probably spike in blood pressure as I thought about that. It'd be really satisfying for the viewers. Another funny Dr. A story, and this is not funny at all, but one of my best friends actually caught on fire at a, oh no, he was, he was watching them brew or distill liquor at a brew pub and he completely caught on fire. But this is the crazy part. He was on fire for like 40 seconds Spent a couple weeks in the burn unit, Jeez. all this, but uh, he had his Fitbit on when he caught on fire and we could look at the spikes in his adrenaline and heart rate and all that. 
as he was on fire, as he was not on fire, as he realized he had been on fire. Like it, it's pretty wild to look at. How do you bring this to me when we have 40 seconds left? I have a hundred follow-up questions right now. I'm going to, I'm going to well, give us a 45 second extension. I have, I have a couple follow-ups I got to ask. Okay. <laughs> Number one, he's okay. He's good. He's good to go. How did he catch on fire? What were the mechanics of this? The still that he was standing in front of exploded what? in his face and spewed hot liquid all over his body. And he's lucky, like shrapnel was flying. He's lucky he's not. He's really lucky he's not dead. When was this? It was a couple months ago. Wow. How did you never? How did you not bring this to my attention previously? You know, I that's a good question, um, Steve. You're a well of I don't know. wild stories, and you just occasionally pull one out. I and we just scratched the surface <laughs> on them too. Like we haven't even talked about the family truckster or half of my shoe things and my band well, stories. We have and, a whole we have a whole off season. Uh, that is our real. That's the, our extension is up. I'm glad your friend is okay. I was hoping we were going to break down our top five podcast moments of the year, but we can do that later on. Yeah, you need to give me more time to plan that. Okay. I'll pull the audio. We'll, we'll get it done. Sounds good. Sounds good, Peter. We've got Jared in the waiting room. I, I assume he's still screaming. We'll find out in a second. Sounds good, Peter. We'll get that all uh, cleaned up for you. <laughs> all right. I'll see you Friday. Oh, boy. Here he is. Jared, welcome back. I don't think I can top that, man. <laughs> I will try to not throw in a story of my friend catching on fire, though, when we have 40 seconds left. That was not something I expected to hear today, but I'm I'm very <laughs> glad that friend is okay. That was that was alarming. Yeah. All right, what's going on, Matthew? I'm upset. Oh boy, have you looked at the uh, little fantasy award systems that Yahoo is doing? Have you checked? I it did. Out? I think I did see a screen. Like I, I was on a screen where I thought I saw something. Let me just, uh, let me take you to their sleepers list. Okay. Their sleepers list has uh, Malcolm Brogdon, DeJounte Murray, DeMar DeRozan, Tobias Harris. Okay. And here's what I'm upset about. Clint Capella. Yeah. Clint Capella as a sleeper? I mean, the one accurate guy they have is Terry Rozier, but Clint Capella. To whom? Well, not to you and me, Jared. Not to you and me. <laughs> I I will say, you know, sleeper is a term that I think can have a very broad definition. It used to mean someone that no one had, you know, really heard about back in the day when, you know, you could actually gain an advantage over people by reading stuff. Now everyone has the same information, <laughs> you know, now everyone knows. You could, you used to be able to actually pull, the, the term should actually probably be retired because it doesn't mean what it used to, you know? A sleeper used to be like, whoa, who is that guy you just drafted? That's my sleeper. But everyone knows who everyone is now, you know, in a competitive fantasy league. I would define it as as like the biggest surprise. Yeah, or some people so there's some like, people say it's like they outproduced their ADP the most or whatever. Yeah, that's that's how I would put it. Like and it had it would have to be like a late round guy. Like I don't know why I had that who was surprised about what DeMar DeRozan did? I mean, he did what he always does. I feel like <laughs> DeMar DeRozan is is the least volatile guy that there is, right? And I mean, there's a lot of options like Lamelo Ball, Julius Rand, Julius Randall for me probably. Uh-huh. If he would have been an option, I would have chosen Chris Boucher. He was regularly Lavert, yeah. Conley, Sexton, Clarkson, Garland. None of those guys are on the list. T.J. McConnell. T.J. McConnell. I mean, there's a random one for you. He had a really good year. I'm gonna go to. Yeah. I'm gonna see if the ADP stuff is still up. 
you keep talking while I do that. I was just looking at like our, our live draft and the, from, from the list I just said, it was like people that went like Julius Randall regularly went in the seventh or later. He was the biggest surprise to me, just building off what you were talking about. Uh-huh. It's not just it's not just that he became a good free throw shooter and didn't turn the ball over as much. It's man, his three point shooting was incredible and out of absolutely nowhere. Yeah. Uh, like hitting step back corner threes yeah. is not who I thought Julius Randle was going to be. That guy found a gymnasium during the latter part of 2020. <laughs> yeah. You know, Clint Capella, by the way, I can't believe this, but his ADP on Yahoo was 61. Yeah, I know. It was crazy. That really surprises me. I think I'm trying to remember where I got him in the 30 team league, but I, th- I feel like I would, would get him in the 40s in some leagues maybe is that crazy does that sound possible to you no he was he was regularly following i mean i was taking him in the third round where i could and then i like readjusted when i saw how undervalued he was and i started taking him in the fourth round but it's just like i I don't i don't understand why it's kind of like a brooke lopez like people are just always down on this guy and he always performs he's been top 30 for three years running yeah uh, his season came to an end last year with plantar fasciitis, but he had 10 months to recover yeah. from it. Plantar fasciitis isn't something that, you know, it, it's not a thing that if you have 10 months off, it's still going to be there. Um, it's weird. I don't know. People were just very down on him. It's a constant theme. You can almost always get him late. He's just like one of the guys I always have. I feel the same way about Nikola Vucevic. Not that you could quite get him as late as Capella, but another guy who typically is a top 12 player, maybe toward that 12 number, but always goes later than that. Definitely. Definitely. 100%. He has like higher upside. This might be the year that he blew the lid off of that. I feel like though, because he was clearly a first round guy all year. I feel like he's easily going to go first round next year. I don't know. He was a first round guy last year and and he still went what round two round, maybe round three. Yeah. I, I just don't know. For some reason, for some reason, it feels like this is the year. <laughs> this is finally the year. He's like 30 now that people are like, Oh, wait a second. This guy's actually really good. We got to draft him early. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious. How old is he? He's 30, I think. He's... Exactly, I believe. Maybe 29. Still has a couple years left. Oh, please. I wouldn't I wouldn't be super hesitant about drafting him early. No way. But yeah, he, he is one of those guys who I I mean, I'm guilty of it. I, I I'd let him pass by. He's 30. 30? <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe I will be a little bit hesitant next year, actually, to be honest with you. I don't know. It gets into that age, and I just... You know what? It's another conversation. After breaks a little bit. Next time I have you on, let's talk the over 30 thing, because I think there's some interesting takeaways. I blanket avoided over 30 guys this year for the most part, other than you know a handful of guys, but I think we should, we should study it. We should look at the over 30 guys and who performed well and who didn't and see whether there's anything to learn. Yeah, I think that's an interesting topic for All sure. All right. Well, whenever we do that, I'll see you for that one. (laughs) Cool. Okay, that's going to do it. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a second to rate and review us as well. We're back here on Friday, and we will be posting new episodes throughout the playoffs. Thanks to all of you for listening. Thanks to Ryan, Raph, Steve, and to you, Jared. See you later. Adios. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. 
we come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.